Um, a few things. I want to say first how proud I am of Jane. I didn't expect her to be here because on top of the wonderful things she's dealing with, she also has shingles. And um, I've had shingles. That's fun. I look like a cyclops. I had, but um, shingles is fun. But um, wow, wow, wow. Um, I had somebody say a couple weeks ago, you know, maybe you need to tone it down just a tad because some people are going to think you're crazy. I, I'm like. I'm good with crazy. Crazy's good. They thought Jesus was crazy. That's why they put him on a cross. I'm good with that. Uh, that's kind of what it's about. Um, you have to see. I believe in this stuff. Okay? I actually believe in this stuff. And I just believe there is nothing impossible with God. I really do. And I'm not here. Um, just, to, just to follow up on a few things that have already been said. Folks, at 9 o'clock, Scott is going to begin a class. And everyone needs to be there. And here's why. Um, in me, you, you get a kind of a, a cage fighter. Kind of a MMA type of thing in, in my sermon. I like to get up and punch Satan straight in the face. That's just what I do. That's who I am. Um, they're never going to call me the man walk through the word. Because I just take a verse and go, pow. Well... With Scott, what you're going to get, and we will have child care, okay? With Scott, he's going to take you in a narrative form, in other words, story form, throughout the whole of God's Word. And, and every bit of it is going to point toward the cross of Jesus Christ, the Old Testament leading to the cross, and the New Testament to now going back to the cross. And it's all in God's Word, and it all begins to make sense. Okay, and so you really do want to be here at 9 o'clock. I know JC said church starts at not 10, but you really do want to be here at 9. This is, so, I, I, I'm going to be honest, I love y'all, but I'm a little tired of hearing, I don't know much about the word. If you've been a part of the church for a few years, you should be past that. Amen? So, you know, so when you run into so-and-so and they've got this major issue... You know the word well enough so that you could take the word and you could funnel it right into their situation. And that's kind of the way we should know the word. Amen? Amen. You know, and then if you don't, call me and I'll tell you and then you take it to them. But um, so, because I do. That's who I am. That's what I do. Um, That's that's what I am. Then at 10, um, Pastor and Sylvia are taking over 10 o'clock. I'm sure they're going to cook a bunch of Puerto Rican food and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) But more than that, um, I was telling him at 9 o'clock this morning, uh, I I heard one African-American pastor, and he made this statement. He said, the saddest thing to me was the day we took the the Kleenex out of the narthex. Does everybody know what a narthex is? It's an old term for the foyer. Donna was down there. I know what narthex is. Yeah. But it, and here's, here's what needs to begin happening. Ruth made a statement. Um, in, in 9 o'clock. And, 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 and she said, what'd she say? I, I barely know my neighbors. Um, I've never been in their homes. Blah, 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 blah. That's our society, isn't it? You know, you just don't really know people. You know? But you see, folks, the church, this is why you want to be here at 9, but then you want to be here at 10 too. The church is supposed to lead. The church is not supposed to be, well, that's society. 
Jesus came and died and rose again for the world, not so that we Christians, we like the world, so that we could lead them back to his ultimate eternal plan. And fellowship, and knowing each other, and knowing your neighbors, and knowing the struggles, and knowing what to pray for. Folks, that's what the church is about. Amen? You know, if you don't know people here, don't say, nobody there knows me. Say, I need to get in there. And by the power of Jesus, I'm going to get to know them. They'll get to know me. I'll know how to pray for them. They'll know how to pray for me. Amen? You know, that, that, that old, they don't, they don't care about, that doesn't work with me anyway. I just want you to grow up. But the bottom line is, I want you to hear this. This is what this is all about. All right? And this free stuff, if you don't know and understand that, human trafficking is going on in the Reading area. When I say Reading, I mean within 20, 30 square miles of Reading, okay? This is, that's the Reading area, okay? This human trafficking is taking little boys, I mean little girls and little boys, and they are being trapped by these, excuse a word that I'm sure you don't want to hear in church, pimps. And they are being controlled and caused to do things that no little girl or little boy should have to do many times a night often. Okay? Now, I'm going to be honest. I want to take it in hand, and I want to go do damage. I'm sorry. I know the preacher's not supposed to say that. But your preacher's kind of a nut. You know? But the reality is, that's real sad to me. And guys, men... I want you to hear this. These guys that mouth off about sex all the time at, at, in the locker room or wherever you may be, and they're making light of this stuff and all that kind of stuff, you need to stand up to them. You need to look at them and say, I'm sorry, but that could be your daughter or your granddaughter. How would you like that? This pornography thing that's so big, that could be your daughter or granddaughter. How would you like that? You know, well, uh, no, just shut up and listen to what I'm saying. Okay? I mean, men, we need to stand up and be men. You hear what I'm saying? You know, because I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want that to be my daughter or granddaughter. And so we need to, you know, enough of that. But, um, wow, 60 grand already for that home. Probably going to be a couple million in the end. All right? But last week we did the prayer walk. And they were talking about they're going to put in, make a drop-in center at one of the churches downtown. And I hate to tell you this, but I thought, I thought well, what, what are you talking? They, well, we've got to get some money. I'm like, what are you talking? Oh, about $3,000. Like, just, just go do it. We'll figure that out. You know? So I put you all on the hook for three grand. Um, but that's okay. Because this summer, God gave us 30 grand for a school in the Dominican. Amen. I have a feeling he can give us three grand for a drop-in center. Amen? Uh, anybody else put those together? I mean, seriously. You know, and if, if not, I just go to Roy. He's loaded. So um, it's okay. It's all right. You know, it's okay. You know. Folks, we've been talking about um, sin. We've been talking about grace. We've been talking about the power of God to set us free. And we've been talking about how do we get to that grace? How do we get to that power? And, 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 and what we started studying last week in Romans chapter 6, is, is the crux. And I think it's really where the real problem is. Okay? And that is, do you ever hear the old cliche, um, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die to get there? Well, 
This is the same thing. Everybody wants the glory of God. Everybody wants the healing of God. Everybody wants the power of God. Everybody wants the joy of God. Everybody wants the peace of God. Everybody, everybody, everybody wants. But folks, you need to understand something. Romans chapter 6 says that if you're not willing to die with him in baptism, and I'm not just talking water baptism, I'm talking spiritual baptism, then you're never going to enjoy the glory and the power of Almighty God. You need to understand that. I, I, I hate to tell you this, but if your marriage is a mess, it's because you're not willing to die in Christ. He already did it. He wants you to do it with him. Okay? If your mind or your emotions are a mess, I want you to hear this. It's because you're not willing to die with him. Somebody say amen. amen. You know? If, if, if your life is a mess... It's because you're not willing to die with Christ and be raised in the newness of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. You know, when stuff like has happened to Jane and her family this week, you've got to understand something. You're never going to find peace. You'll flail forever unless you die in Christ and are raised in the glory of God. Amen. Okay? I want you to understand. There, th- this is the linchpin. This is, the, this is where it really counts. And the problem is, in too much of what we call Christianity, it's not really talked about. Okay? I have no problem with Christian psychotherapy. I don't. I don't have any problem with that at all. But I'm still telling you, I don't care how much psychotherapy you have. Unless you die with Christ, you're not reaching the other side. Okay, I want you to get this. I want you to understand this. I don't care how much medicine you take. Unless you die with Jesus Christ, you're not getting to the other side. You you need to understand this. A lot of people, they love Jesus and Jesus loves them. But it's just like, you remember the story of the disciples? Anybody remember that story in the Gospels? Did you ever see a bigger pile of desirous knuckleheads in the world? than the disciples who followed with Jesus Christ. Seriously. They were a bunch of bumbling doofuses. Weren't they? Anybody with me? You understand what I'm saying? There's some good dudes, but the reality is, when it came down to it, they weren't getting nothing done. Oh, you never have to worry about me. Within 24 hours, he's cussing some little old lady who said he was with him. I mean, I, I mean you look at this, you go, man... What is the problem? Why can't I get my act together? Why can't I do these things that I know Jesus did and he's calling me to do and he died and rose again for me to do? I mean, I want to take you to Jesus said, not only when you are following me and being my disciple will you do the things I did. He said, you'll even do greater things than what I did. And most people I know that are Christians, they're good people. They love Jesus. Jesus loves them. But they're still living on this side. They're still living in frustration. They're still living in anger, the anger of unforgiveness. 
They're still living over here wondering and, and whining about why is it happening in my life? Why can't I get over this situation? Why can't I heal? Why can't I? You can't because you have not chosen to die with Jesus Christ. Are you listening to me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm going to ask you a question, and this is rhetorical. In other words, you don't answer it. I said, I want you to get in trouble. How many of you feel like too often you're living over here? Why can't I get there? Why can't I heal? Why can't I get over it? Why can't I get on top of these things? Why? 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 It's because you're living Galatians 2.20 says it best. It says, I am, this is Paul, I am crucified with Jesus Christ. Doesn't sound like a fun time, does it? But the second part does. Now it is not me, but it is Jesus Christ himself living in and through me. The life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Folks, that'll preach. There is power there. There is power for you to heal from anything you've ever been through. I am so tired of hearing church people saying, well, there are just certain things you'll never get over. The word of God does not say that. It does not say that. It says that Jesus Christ died and through his suffering and death, there is healing for you no matter what it is. Are you with me? Are you with me? He will heal your mind. He will heal your heart. He will heal your life. He will heal your marriage. He will heal your finances. He will heal any and every area of your life if you'll let it. If you'll let him. Romans 6, 4, and 5 say that about if you die, you're united to his resurrection and power and the newness of life. 6, 7 says, when you do that, you, now listen to this, are freed from sin. I'll say it again because most of you think missed it. When you die with Christ, you are set free from sin. You say, oh, everybody sins. I didn't say you did. But you're set free. It doesn't have to dominate you. It doesn't have to tell you what to do. You don't have to listen to it. You don't have to do what evil's telling you to do. Amen. Look at this verse. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Amen. If you're going to be a slave to something, I'd assume be a slave to righteousness because the results of righteousness are a whole lot better than the results of sin. I know about your Bible. My Bible says the wages of sin is what? Death. Death. And death ain't just dead. 
death is a lot of garbage before we're dead. Amen? And I want you to hear this. You do not have to be destroyed by sin. You don't have to. You don't have to. Because you can be set free and do the will of God. You can be set free to be the person God created you to be. You can be set free so that you could do the very things God called you to and created you to do. Amen? Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that powerful? It's like being at a Tony Robbins thing, you know? Only his people are excited. But hear what I'm saying. I want you to get this. I, I believe in this stuff. You understand, I know most of the church does it, but I believe in this stuff. Most of the church just hears it and goes out and be, as what they were. I want you to understand, you don't have to go out and be what you were. Amen. You could go out and be the person that you really want to be. You really can. You really can. And we'll come back to this righteousness thing. But let's go to the next verse in, in chapter 7, verse 15. Okay, now I want you to get this, all right? And this is so important because this is a confusing point. If I've been set free from sin, then why do I do the knucklehead things that I do? Anybody ever wondered that? Okay, because everybody does that, of course, except me. And in my case, God understands. Did you ever say that to yourself? God understands why I sin. Yeah, because you're a doofus. You know, seriously? You know. But here's Paul. Now, last week we said, now this is a theological fact. You want to write it down. Romans 6 comes after Romans 5. You get that one? That's a big one. That'll be on the test. That's the only way to get to heaven and know that Romans 6 comes after Romans 5. All right? Here's another one. Another fact. Number two. Romans 7 comes after Romans 6. I'm surprised they don't have me teaching one of the colleges with this knowledge. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You know, could you imagine me teaching in one of our colleges? I would rip that thing apart and start again. Amen? You know? But remember, in Romans 6, I'm freed from sin. Remember that one? Anybody remember that one? Well, here he is in Romans 7. And he says, I do not understand what I do. For what I uh, want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Anybody else? Anybody else confused? Well, there's one thing I want you to understand. I want you to hear. Whose kid's that? Just because you've been set free from something doesn't mean that that something disappears. Here's things I don't understand. There are some people who kneel at all prayer and they were an alcoholic coming to the altar. They get up from the altar and they never want another drop of drink in their lives. Seen it happen. Anybody else? I go, yeah, baby. Cool stuff. Some people get up from an altar of prayer and they still have this 
passion, this, con- uh, this habit, this thing. And all you need is some idiot church member to look at him and say, well, you just don't have faith. I'm, Shut up. You know, I, I, you know, how many people have been run off from the church because they get up from the altar and somebody said, now you've got to give those cigarettes up. I'll show up. I tell them, you'll give those cigarettes up when God tells you it's time to give them cigarettes up. Until then, quit listening to church people. Amen. You know, it just, it's just silly. You know, it's just silly. Just because God has come into your life and you have been set free does not mean that 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 was before disappears. Okay? To the best of my ability to put all this together, there God has this wonderful eternal plan. And let me help you with something. God can separate us and free us, and it, he, he has the ability to make sure it never bothers us again. Yeah. Okay, he can do that. That's, that's, that's not a problem. But here's what I figured out reading the whole Bible. We human beings are really goofy. And we have this bad habit when we've got nothing dog in us, when we've got no struggles we're having, or temptations we're having to deal with, we have a tendency to forget our need for God. Amen. You ever do that? Huh? Anybody? Yeah. Bueller? You know? It, 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 it's, it's very important to understand. And I don't understand. And it's not your lack of faith. And it's not your lack of salvation. It's not because God doesn't love you or you're not a great Christian. It's just for some reason, in God's plan, in God's infinite wisdom and knowledge... He knows what to leave in certain people's lives. Now, let me go back. He could set us free. Totally expiated. Nice big theological term means the sin is gone. Okay? But a lot of times he doesn't do that. Is there anybody here who has nothing that dogs them at all in their lives? Is there anybody here that doesn't have some form of temptation? I don't have any volunteers. And I say that on purpose because because so often when I'm tempted, God tells me I'm the only person in the world with temptation. I mean, Satan tells me I'm the only person in the world with temptation or temptation like that. Or I'm really bad because I have that temptation. Nobody else has that temptation. And it's a lie. Are you with me? Everybody's got temptation. Everybody's got points of weakness. Everybody's got points of struggle. Everyone. Okay? I want you to hear this. Because it breaks my heart. Because you wouldn't believe how many people I've run into that in the church, nobody's allowed to admit sin. Nobody's allowed to admit temptation. Nobody's allowed to, we come in, we put smiles on our faces. How's everything going? I'm just fine. Everything's good, no matter what. You know, and people go, I don't know how to operate there because I'm not that person. And I always say to them, well, neither are they. Neither are they. 
There is nobody who doesn't do some dumb things every once in a while. You know? I never forget the time I was standing in the grocery and I asked this lady when it was due. And she wasn't. (laughs) What is that? What is that? One of Snickers or something like that, baby? You know, I'm like, I couldn't get out of that place quick enough. You know, I didn't mean anything hard by it, but I was like, right now. We all do. We all do. If you never find yourself here, praise God. Now, what you don't want to do be is a, is a neurotic. My brother calls it Nazarene neurosis. And what he means by that is, see, Nazarenes don't sin. We have infirmities. It's another word for sin. Okay, but we don't call it sin. Then we could say, stand up and say we're saved, sanctified, and going to heaven. But the reality is, if you don't call the enemy what it is, it will not be dealt with. Are you with me? Are you with me? Our young people need to hear that. Our young people need to hear, I mess up too. Sometimes I find myself right here. Amen? But girls, could we go back to that last verse, please? Thank you. I want you to see the second part. You have been set free from sin. And I want you to hear this. If you've been set free from sin, you will become a slave to righteousness. There's a lot of folk that go to church and call themselves Christians. And they don't go to movies. And they don't cuss. And they don't chew. And they don't go with girls that do. Okay? But they're not slaves to righteousness. They're slaves to church and legalism. Are you with me? All the things they don't do. All the things they do do. But they're not slaves to Jesus Christ. I want you to ask yourself something this afternoon. Am I a slave to Jesus Christ? Am I willing to literally die to do exactly what I was created to do and be who I was created to be? Am I willing to die to love like He loved? Am I willing to to die To care for people the way he cared for people. Am I willing to die to lead those around me to the love and grace and glory of Jesus Christ? Am I willing to die to be that person no matter what this crazy world, no matter what this crazy government, no matter what's happening in this crazy area, no matter what, I'm going to die to be that person that everyone in my world can look at and say, now there's something different, holy, miraculous, powerful about that person. You see, it's one thing, and it's great to be set free from sin. But if I'm set free from that, what am I set free for? I'm set free 
to become more and more and more like Jesus Christ every day of my life. I'm set free from all the garbage and unforgiveness and stuff I'm frustrated and angry about so that I can love people the way Jesus loved people. Amen? Amen? You know, I'm set free from all the garbage so that I can be honest about the garbage that I was entrapped in. Are you with me? It's time to quit hiding. It's time to come out in the open and let people know this had control of my life. But I've been set free. And now I'm doing the will of God in and through my life. Amen? Amen. You see, folks, this is so important. Because we have too many attenders and existers in the church of Jesus Christ. Just kind of there. Just kind of attending. Just kind of getting by. But Jesus Christ did not die and rise again so that you could exist. Jesus Christ died and rose again so that you can be raised in the newness and the power of his resurrection so that you can live. Amen. Amen. So that you can be that person that deep down in your soul and the depths of your bones that you really want to be. So that you can be that person that every person in your world wants to be. Amen? Amen? Have you been set free? Have you become a slave to the one that you were created to be a slave to in the first place? Amen? Amen. Let's all stand. I just feel like today, there might be some who say, you know what, Pastor? I don't know. But I know this. That's what I want. And you might say, I'm going to step out from where I am and I'm going to come kneel at an altar. And while you're praying, we ain't going to ask you to admit anything, confess anything, do anything. We're not even going to ask for an offer. It's just time to die. It's time to die to that bitterness. It's time to die to that anger. It's time to die to that laziness. It's time to die to all that junk. It's time to die to religion. Going through the motions. Going through the traditions. Going through the stuff that that makes you feel religious, but does absolutely nothing in your life. It's time to die to anything you need to die with so that you can be raised to live in the glory and the power and the love of Jesus Christ. Anybody would just like to say, you know what, that's me. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out because I'm stepping up. Come on up. If you can't kneel, sit. Anybody else? I want this. I want all of this. I don't want to play games with this anymore. I got no desire to be that person anymore. 
I got no desire to live in that junk anymore. I don't, I don't have any desire to be frustrated. I don't want to live in unforgiveness anymore. I absolutely want everything that God has for me. I'm tired of living in my own strength. I'm tired of living in my own power. I'm tired of that. I want to, I want to be set free. I absolutely want to be that person. I want to be that man or woman that I was created to be. Amen? Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? This is wonderful. This is powerful. This is great. Any of you that want to come pray with these that are here, step on out. Step on out. Come on. Step on out. Come pray with these that are here. Amen? Amen. This is who I want to be. This is how I want to live. I want to, I want to live set free. I, I am tired of all this junk. I am tired of living uh, just kind of this mediocrity that just kind of exists. I don't want that anymore. I want the power and glory of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. God knows who you are. God knows where you are. God knows what your battles are. God knows what's tying you up and tying you down. And the coolest part is, he died and rose again to set you free just like he set me and everybody else free. Amen? Amen. Father, this morning we give you glory, we give you praise, and we give you honor. Father, we praise your holy name that 2,000 years ago you died on, you suffered and died on a cross. And Father, we count that suffering as our healing. And Father, we know that you died, and the, die, the death you died, you died in our place with our sins on your shoulder. You took that to the cross, and you died for our sin, and in three days you rose again. And Father, we want to rise again. Father, we want to live in resurrection power and glory. We don't want to live under the garbage of this world anymore. We don't want to live under the junk of this world anymore. We don't want to live under the negativity of this world anymore. We want to live in you. We want to live in you. We want to live in your power. So God first, lead us into death. Death to selfishness. Death to where our world is, is that it's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. And if me don't get what me wants, me's going to be mad. Lord, set us free. Kill that selfishness. Kill that sin. Father, we need you to come and do for us what we could never do for ourselves. I've tried it. I've tried to get out of that. I've tried to handle sin. I've tried to manage sin. I've tried to kind of sort of overcome it on my own. But the reality is we can't. But we can through you by entering into your death. So, Lord, crucify us. Crucify us. So that, Lord, it is no longer us. And then, Lord, raise us up. Father, I pray that everyone standing, everyone kneeling, everyone seated here this morning, that, Lord, we would be raised in newness, in power, in glory, in grace, in joy, in peace. Father, we would be raised to be slaves to you. We were created to be your slaves, and we're just getting back to it. And that's where we will find everything we're actually looking for in this crazy world. Doesn't matter about our circumstances. It doesn't matter about this world. Doesn't matter what's happening in our federal government. Thank God. Father, it is about what you did for us. Set us free. Help us, Lord, as we end this prayer and as we rise up. That we would rise up in newness of power. We would rise up in newness of of vision. We would rise up in newness of hope. We would rise up in newness of glory. Father, that, Lord, we would just rise up. That we would go home and our very kids would look at us and say, there is something different. Amen. That our neighbors would say, there is something different. 
that our workmates would say, there is something different. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would come and you would set us free. You would raise us in newness. You would raise us in glory. You would raise us in power. You would raise us in righteousness. That we would leave this place and we had one thing in mind. And that's being the people you, you created us to be. In love, in glory, in wisdom, in power, in strength. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in our lives, what you're going to do, and that you will keep us no matter what the temptation and no matter what the attack may be. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.